0: Previously on the Grand Sophie, Sir Vincent Talgarth has shown his interest in the Marquesa de Villacanhas, while keeping his eye on the goings-on surrounding his old friend Sophie Stanton-Lacey.
1: Sophie has assisted Hubert in his somewhat troubling situation with Mr. Goldhanger, the moneylender.
2: I am not in the least afraid of you, Mr. Goldhanger, and I took the precaution of bringing my pistol.
1: Before turning her attention to Cecilia kidnapping Lord Chalbury and shooting him so that he wouldn't be killed in a duel, or rather extravagant, I think.
2: And I have left a letter for Cecilia, telling her I am about to sacrifice myself. If I know her, the shock of getting my letter will bring her post-haste to Lacey Manor to rescue the pair of us. And if, my dear Chilbury, you cannot help yourself in that situation, I wash my hands of you.
1: Outrageous. And now Lord Bromford is on his way, escorting Cecilia and Eugenia to them to sort the whole thing out.
2: That's clear then.
0: So Sophie and Chalbury are at Lacey Manor, a fire has been lit and Sancho has arrived as Sophie'd requested but bringing with her Talgarth and Augustus. The servants are in shock and Lord Bromford, Cecilia and Eugenia are also en route in the pouring rain. Meanwhile, Sophie's father, Sir Horace Stanton Lacey, has appeared unannounced at Barclay Square, having returned from a voyage to Brazil. His sister is pleased to see him, but apprehensive of what he might think of the turn of events. So Sophie's gone to Lacey Manor? Can't think why. Place ain't fit to live in. Oh, Horace, I don't properly understand it, but Cecilia thinks she's run away from us because of a
3: quarrel with Charles. Oh, don't put yourself in a taking, Lizzie. Dare say we'll do him good. Little Sophie's up to some mischief. You may depend on it. You will see her tonight, Horace,
0: for Cecilia has gone with Miss Raxton to bring her back. Who's Miss Raxton? Hmm, quite a tolerable wine, this. If you ever listened to a word anyone said to you, Horace, you'd know. Miss Raxton is the lady Charles
3: is about to marry. Ah, yes. Thought you said she was a dead bull It was you who said that. <laughs> you may depend on it. I was right. Isn't Cecilia to be married
0: too? Charlbury, ain't it? Alas, that went off as she would not accept him. You may as well know, Horace, that Lord Charlbury has been paying Sophie a great deal of attention. Has
4: he, by Jupiter? Perhaps, Mama, you may be able to explain to me... Ah, sir, it's you, is it? Famous. You could not have come at a better time. Your precious daughter has gone off with
3: Everard Charlbury. What's she done that for, I wonder? I've no objection to her marrying Charlbury. Good family, handsome property.
4: She did it to infuriate me. And as for marrying Charlbury, she'll do no such thing. Uh, who says so? I say so.
0: What's more, she hasn't the slightest intention of doing such a thing. Sophie would never run away with Charlbury. You must have been terribly unkind, Charles, to make her do such a thing. Dreadfully
4: unkind. When she stole the young chestnut from my stables and drove him in the park. Now, that was wrong of her.
3: I'm surprised to hear of her behaving so improperly. What got into her?
4: Merely her damnable desire to pick a quarrel with me. I'm
3: afraid, my boy, you do not like my little
4: Sophie. Your little Sophie, sir, has not allowed me... us... one moment's peace since she descended on this house.
0: How can you say so, Charles? Her kindness, her, her devotion to this family.
4: I don't forget that, Mama, but this latest exploit with Chalbury, which Eugenia had the goodness to tell me about in this letter... Ah, she's up to something.
3: You may depend on it. Try some of this Madeira, my boy. I'll say this for your father. He's a capital judge of wine. Oh, Horace, is it nothing to you that your daughter
0: is in a fair way to ruining herself? Ruining herself?
4: You haven't got her measure at all, Mama. If that Spanish woman isn't also at Lacey Manor, you may call me a blockhead.
3: Ah, eh? I've been meaning to talk to you about her, Lizzie. Sophie may have told you my intentions in that direction. Of course she did,
0: and I paid her a visit. But I cannot conceive what possessed you to offer
3: for her. One gets carried away, you know. Devilish fine woman. Wouldn't surprise me to have heard someone else was dangling after her. Fact of the matter is, I doubt if I am a marrying man.
4: If it's any consolation, sir, your daughter has been doing all she can to hold Talgarth off from the Marquesa.
3: Now, why must Sophie meddle? Talgarth, eh? He has a great deal of address, and I'll wager he has an eye for Sancho's fortune. I think you are both quite shameless.
0: You sit there while Sophie is trying to ruin herself. She must be brought back at once.
4: She will be. Uh, sir Horace, do you mean to stay commending my father's taste in wine, or do you mean to accompany me to Lacey Manor? Set out at this hour when I've been travelling for two days? Have a little common sense. Well, sir, I am leaving immediately. And what do you mean to do when you get there? Bring Sophie's neck.
3: You don't need my help for that, my dear boy. I wish you godspeed. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, at Lacey Manor, the Marchesa was taking things in hand.
5: It is evident I must exert myself a little. That is bad. But worse, infinitamente, is that we should starve. Lead me to the kitchen and be grateful to me, Sophie, so that we do not quarrel. For I must tell you that I do not think it will suit me to be married to Sir Horace. Sophie, know that I have married Sir Vincent, and I am not now the Marchesa de Canias, but Lady Talgart.
2: Which is a name I cannot properly pronounce, but no matter. Married? Sir Vincent, if I were a man, you would suffer for this treachery.
4: All's
1: fair in love and war, Sophie, and my need is greater than Sir Horace's. And though you shoot better than most men of my acquaintance, I beg you to remember that my beloved wife is to cook the dinner.
5: Vincent, the servant says there is an abundance of chickens. You shall kill me two at once. Sophie, show me the way.
1: If I have to, I shall need fortification. (laughs)
0: He turned to Lord Charlbury and noticed that he had his arm in a sling. That's your
1: arm, Charlbury. How do you manage that? As a matter of fact, Sophie put a bullet through me. Redoubtable female. I suppose she had her reasons. Not
6: what you might imagine. Try this sherry. I suppose I don't drink to your elopement. Good God, no. I'm devoted to Sophie, but heaven preserve me from marriage with her. If heaven
1: didn't, I fancy Rivenhall would. Hmm. This wine is perfectly tolerable. Don't finish the bottle before I come back and don't waste it on the poet who's gone wandering
6: somewhere. Sophie, what in the world have you brought in now?
2: Some ducklings the cook was raising. Sancha complained they would run under her feet.
6: We're not having them for dinner, are we?
2: Good gracious, no. I'll be perfectly happy in this box if I can find something to cover it. Your driving coat will do famously, Chalbury. Do you mind?
6: Yes, I do mind, as a matter of fact, and...
2: That will be Cecilia. Thank goodness Augustus isn't here. I'll let her in. Ceci! Dearest Sophie, how could you do such a thing? Go into the drawing room, Ceci. Good God, Miss Raxton! Yes, Miss Stanton-Lacey. It is I. You did not, I fancy, expect to see me. No, and you will be very much in the way. Great heavens, you've brought Lord Bromford, too.
1: I came to call Charbury out for his disgraceful behaviour towards you, Miss Stanton Lacey. Achoo! I've got a cold.
5: If only Cecilia had agreed to you sitting in the coach whilst it poured with rain. Will you allow us in, Miss Stanton Lacey?
2: I suppose I must. Pray, go into the drawing room and mind the ducklings.
0: Meanwhile, in the drawing room, Ceci was cooing over Charlebury and his wounded arm. I promise you, dearest Cecilia,
6: it is the merest scratch.
2: It is all my fault. Only tell me you forgive me.
6: Never! For wearing a hat that prevents my kissing you, take it off at once.
2: My dear Cecilia... Pray, recollect yourself.
6: Just don't tread on the ducklings.
2: No, indeed. What a clumsy creature you are, Lord Bromford. Pray take heed of where you are stepping.
1: I should not be amazed if I already had a fever. Miss Raxton, these birds, one does not keep them in the house. They're running all over the floor and I do not like it. It's not what I've been used to.
5: I (laughs) hope, Lord Bromford, that nothing that has occurred today is what either of us is used to. If you have done your constitution a lasting injury, I shall never forgive myself for having accepted your escort. Miss Stanton Lacey, is it
2: too much to ask that a servant be sent for to remove Lord Bromford's boots? Yes, because he's gone with Sir Vincent to kill chickens for our supper. Cecy, help me to collect the ducklings, and let's put your muff on top of their box. They will think <laughs> it's their mother. This levity will not
5: serve, Miss Stanton Lacey. Lord Bromford, I beg you, sit by the fire. Miss Stanton Lacey, your conduct deserves some explanation. Are you aware of the terrible consequences which must have followed on this, this escapade? Had I and your cousin, who I naturally informed immediately of the circumstances. Naturally. Yes. Had we not come to rescue you from the disgrace you appear to regard so lightly? Oh, hush, Eugenia! How can you talk so? All's well that ends well. You must have lost every scruple of female delicacy, Cecilia, if you can think it well for your cousin to show such a brazen face, when she has lost both character and reputation. (coughs) We must immediately remove Lord Bromford from this draughty room, a mustard bath. A mustard
1: bath would be the very thing.
5: (coughs) Lord Bromford, if any efforts of mine can
2: save you from illness, they shall not be spared. Come with me. Charbury, take Cecilia back to London immediately before Augustus... Oh no, here he is.
6: I was in the kitchen discussing poetry with the Marchesa when she started pulling out the innards of a chicken. Quite revolting. She says she must have eggs.
2: Augustus.
6: Cecilia.
2: Augustus, there is something I must tell you. I find I have made a great mistake. I cannot marry you.
6: Noble girl. I honour you for this frankness. You have inspired me with a poetic fervour for which the world may yet thank you. But marriage is not for such as I. You should marry Chalbury. I uh, thank you. Uh, As do I, Fawnhope. But you will allow me to dedicate my play to you, Cecilia.
2: Now that is settled, will you go and find eggs for Sancha?
6: I know nothing of eggs. I'm going to write a poem about you.
2: Splendid. Take this candle and go into the library. Now, Ceci, you must go back to Berkeley Square. Think how anxious your mother will be.
6: Come, my dearest. The chaise will be ready in moments.
2: Very well, Charlesbury, if you think so. But what will you do, Sophie? My brother Charles is on his way! I shall cope with your brother Charles. Never fear.
4: Lacey Manor? be good enough to direct my groom to the stables, I shall announce myself.
2: Good evening, Charles. This is too kind of you. Have you come to rescue me from the consequences of my indiscretion?
4: No. I've come to wring your neck.
2: Charles, don't you know that I have ruined my reputation? Indeed.
4: Where's my sister?
2: She's driven back to London with Chalbury. You may have passed them on the way.
4: Very likely. Did Miss Raxton accompany them? Or is she still here?
2: She is, but she is very much occupied. Oh, will you take this duckling, dear Charles, while I pour you a glass of sherry? How wet your coat is! I do hope you haven't caught a chill. Of
4: course I haven't. Besides, it stopped raining half an hour ago.
2: I am much relieved. Poor Lord Bromford contracted the most shocking cold. He meant to call Chalvery out, you know, but all he could do was
4: sneeze. Bromford's here? Why?
2: Miss Ruxton brought him. I think she hoped he might have offered for me and so saved my reputation.
4: Even Eugenia wouldn't bring that blockhead down upon you?
2: Miss Raxton does not consider him a blockhead. She says he is a man of sense and one whose views Thank are... you,
4: I've heard enough. Take this duckling and I will find Eugenia.
2: She's with Bromford in the best spare bedroom. What? Persuading him to swallow a little gruel. Second door at the top of the stairs, dear Charles.
4: On my word...
5: Pray, close the door, Charles. Lord Bromford is extremely unwell. Have you no consideration?
4: Obviously not. Did you imagine, my dear Eugenia, that you would make me believe ill of Sophie with your foolish and spiteful letter? How could you have been so crassly stupid as to suppose that she could ever need your meddling to set her right in the eyes of the world?
3: (coughs) Sir,
1: you shall answer to me (coughs) for those words.
4: Certainly where and when you please.
5: Do not heed him, Lord Bromford. If a meeting were to take place between you on my account, I could never hold my head up again. Charles, I must request you leave this room immediately. Now my eyes have been opened to your true character. You will oblige me by sending an announcement to the Gazette that our engagement is at an end.
4: I shall do so at once. Pray accept my profound regrets and my earnest wishes for your future happiness.
2: How did you find the patient, Charles?
4: I have more important things on my mind. Will you marry me, vile and abominable girl that you are?
2: Are you freed from your engagement?
4: Miss Raxton terminated it.
2: As Cecy terminated hers to Augustus, which means- Are you
4: going to give me an answer, you maddening wretch?
2: Yes, but- But what? Only to stop you wringing my neck.
4: Now, get rid of these ducklings and come with me at once.
2: Charles, we can't leave poor Sancho with Sir Vincent. Is he
4: here too? Why am I surprised?
2: He and Sancho have got married, Charles. What will Sir Horace say? I'm
4: sure he'll be delighted. I forgot to tell you, he's waiting for us in Berkeley Square. Where's your hat?
2: But we can't abandon Sancho with all these dreadful people. Yes,
4: we can. And we shall. I intend to restore you to your father immediately.
2: Did you come in your curricle? If it starts to rain again, I shall be drenched.
4: Serves you right.
2: Charles, you cannot love me.
4: I don't. I dislike you excessively.
2: For more
0: information about the Grand Sophie podcast or the books of Georgette Heyer, go to
3: thegrandsophie.co.uk. Sophie was played by Emily Moulton, Charles by Flynn Andre. Elle Bess played Eugenia and also the Marquesa and Madame de Leven. Katie Walton played Cecilia and Amabel. Jack Womack played Hubert, Augustus Fawnhope, Alfred Raxton, and Lord Chalbury, and James Acker played Sir Vincent Talgarth, Lord Bromford, and Goldhanger. They are all members of the Oxford University Dramatic Society. Peter Buckman played Sir Horace and wrote the script. Jane Markham was the narrator and directed operations. We are also grateful to Poppy Sowerby, Sasha Buckman, and Jenny Broomfield for their invaluable assistance, and to Balliol College and the Oxford Union for rehearsal and recording space. The Grand Sophie is available from Arrow Books in print and digital form. Copyright, Georgette Heyer, 1950, all rights reserved. This was a podcast production for Heron Enterprises Limited.